0: Okay. So when we start the podcast, do you want to start like in a really cute way? Like, Hey guys, this is Lily and Josephine. And then we just kind of start chatting instead of going directly in an
1: interview mode. Yeah, that's perfect. So I do the hand motions too, or no?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Somehow I'll show those on the podcast, please. Okay. <laughs> in the transcript.
1: Awesome. Okay. Hey there, I'm Lily and you're listening to Mindful Admissions, a podcast by Strive to Learn. On this episode of Mindful Admissions, Josephine and I sat down to talk about community college myths, Um, specifically the more harmful ones that we've heard over the years. Um, I'm currently in community college and Josephine has been in community college. And so we're both pretty familiar with what it's actually like. And we felt like it was sort of our responsibility to debunk some of these myths. For instance, that community college professors are less qualified to teach or that community college looks bad on a resume, or it isn't good for your career. There's endless evidence to counteract these harmful myths, and we're just here compiling our experiences for you so that maybe if you have any kind of preconceptions about community college, or if you're holding any of these myths close to your heart, you can let them go. All right, I think that about covers it. Let's go to me and Josephine. Hey guys, it's Lily and Josephine and we're here to talk about community college myths. No, I'm supposed to say and Josephine. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't. say it's Lily
0: and and then I say Josephine.
1: That was the hand
0: motion. All right. Take 2. Now that we're on one page, let's try this again.
1: Hey guys, it's Lily and Josephine and we're here to talk about community college myths. We did it. we got our We had though, in mind. Awesome.
0: I love it. Yes.
1: Fantastic.
0: Um and that is what we're here for.
1: Yeah, awesome. I'm excited to talk about this. This is like, I say that about every episode. I've realized that like my tendency is to start every podcast episode with like I'm excited to talk about this. And it's true every time and I apologize <laughs> to everyone. It just is true every time. I really like this job and what I get to do. Um, so I really wanted to talk about this um when you brought it up to me a little while ago because I just recently made the switch to community college from a private college. Um, So these things, these myths, basically, that I've been slowly kind of either busting on my own or um, discussing with you and and kind of learning through experience, which ones are are correct and which ones are totally false. um, These have have all been on my mind. Um, And I know it's also relevant for you. Maybe do you want to talk a little bit about your college experience and, and why this is important to you?
0: Yeah. I mean, first of all, I, I love watching you bust through them a bit because <laughs> you and I talked about it, right? We were like talking about community college and it's one thing to just talk to someone. And I think it's a whole other thing to experience it. And that's yeah. kind of what you've been doing for the last yeah. year. Um, so it's been fun to watch, you know, my, I told you so moments come true. So that's been really validating yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No. And I mean, I think it's so cool because talking about community college is really important. Um, a lot of my students talk about it as if it's like a last resort or something, and I'm not going to go too far into, I know, I know that's might be one of our myths, but you know, (laughs) it's always like, Oh, like this is something I don't really want to talk about unless everything else goes to shit. Like that's basically what I hear from my students. Um, and then I, you know, talk about it anyway, because who's going to stop me? Uh, and I tell them that, you know, I went to community college and they're all like, oh, what? Um, and that makes them a little more open-minded to hear about it because they're surprised because they think that community college, um, at least in our area, right? The students that that we have a lot, they think that community college is, um, you know, Not really on the top of their list at all. Um, And it's often seen even as a failure to go there, which I think is kind of crazy. Um, And so that's why I want to bust through some of these myths today because um, there are so many amazing opportunities um, at community college and i think community college in itself it's just something completely different than high school students think it is if they have grown up thinking a four-year university is their next step so mm-hmm. I really want to give you know our listeners the opportunity to, Hear a little more from like our own firsthand experiences, just like what it was like for us and what we learned through it, um, in you know in a chatty way, <laughs> yeah. um, and and then they can see what they want to how they want to further kind of the ideas they got from that. Um, but yeah, just kind of opening the door, opening the window um, to shed some light on some myths and truths and untruths. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, and I, I appreciate that we're both kind of in the unique position of having experienced both community college and private education um so you went to i believe chapman and
0: so so first i went to a four-year um smaller liberal arts college in missouri Mm-hmm. um then um so uh Lindenwood University which what, what I attended uh great classes great professors had a great community um but it wasn't the right fit for me especially because of the location um so then I knew I wanted to be in a big city where I didn't need a car to get around but I could still do a lot of things um instead of being kind of campus locked mm-hmm. um and so I came out to LA and went to community college for three mm-hmm. semesters um until I had my 60 units um so then I was as a junior, I transferred to Chapman University. So I had the private four-year, then the community college for three semesters, and then mm-hmm. the private four-year again. And in total, I still took four years. So I didn't take any longer than usual. Um, and I was able to do a dual degree, but I did also transfer in some units from, uh, from high school. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, a well,
1: <laughs> I'm going to have a similar arc to you. I started at a private four-year university and went there for a year, decided that it wasn't for me, Now I'm currently in, uh, I'm at Santa Monica College for it'll wind up being two years. Um, And then I plan to transfer to either a a public or a private four year university to finish up those last, um, it'll wind up being two years I believe unless some magic happens with my credits. Um, But yeah, it's a really interesting um, experience to have. I think the uh, main thing that I've noticed, I I was talking about this with my mom, who actually works at the high school slash elementary slash kindergarten school that I went to for my entire young life. Um, One of the things that I noticed, which I don't know if you wanted to get into specifics yet, um, in our conversation, um, but the past semester, which was my first semester of community college, um, was like the most rigorous semester of school that I have ever had in my life. And I attended a year at a, a very prestigious university that is known for being extremely rigorous, one of the top schools in the nation. And nothing that I did at that school challenged me as uh, severely as I was challenged this past semester. Question: that, Like, I have a question for you. Me upside down. Yeah, go <laughs> ahead.
0: <laughs> um, are you willing to share the the names of your schools? Because I think that's yeah, super absolutely. Helpful.
1: I did. i not say. oh, I'm sorry. I I forgot. You were
0: very elusive and I wasn't sure if it was a secret. So
1: no, it's not a (laughs) secret. And I don't have any, I don't hold any ill will toward them. It just wound up not being a good fit for me, but I went to Carnegie Mellon university. Um, so yeah, known for things like engineering now, uh, Santa Monica college. And then hopefully, I don't know. We'll see what, what, whatever four year university I wind up selling my soul to. Uh, and when I transfer,
0: and you were um also in the you got in for the drama department, right? At uh yeah. CMU Carnegie Mellon, so which is the I got number in,
1: three in the nation, I think. Yeah, um, I believe it is number three. Um, I'm not sure, I haven't checked that in about a year and a half though, so I'm not sure. Um, it was but, when you got in, <laughs> yes. But I got in to their BXA program, which is basically a, an interesting kind of double major program. Um, it's uh, X is like a variable, so it's like Bachelor of something plus arts. Um, So in my case, that was um, humanities and arts. So I had chosen humanities, hadn't started that concentration yet, but my arts focus was in dramaturgy, um, which is an unfamiliar word to a lot of people, but just picture drama. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so uh, that, but that dual major program at CMU, the CMU acceptance rate, I, I can't remember what it was for just regular majors, But um, that year, I mean, for the BXA program, you have to get into both supporting schools within the university. You have to get into the humanities school and also the arts school. Um, And that year, the acceptance rate was, I believe, something like 3.2%. So yeah, that was a significant achievement for me to get in um, and an interesting journey that led to me deciding to leave.
0: Yeah, and I'm pointing this out and I'm talking about kind of the names of the places we went right throughout Linwood University, Chapman University, um, Carnegie Mellon, right? Very different institutions. And then we Mm -hmm. actually, funny enough, we both went to the same community college. I just went 10 years earlier to Santa Monica College. Um, And I'm pointing it out because I think one of the um, um, myths, I would say, is that um, uh, that idea of this isn't a community college specific myth. Okay. I'm going to preface that, but, um, there's a myth that if your university has more prestige, you're getting a better education and you will therefore get a better job. Right. So, so that's an absolute myth. Um, and I could, you know, talk for hours on this, but that's not what we're here for today. Um, but I'm just pointing that out because, um, you said something really interesting, even though you attended this really, you know, rigorous, intense program at a school that is, ranked very highly and has an extremely low acceptance rate you felt just as challenged if not more challenged um in your semester your first semester at santa monica college right and i just want that to sink in with our listeners because a lot of people think like oh i can't go to community college i had a 4.6 in high school when i was valedictorian I can't, I can't drop down. Well, I'm here to tell you you're not dropping down. So that's (laughs) one of the myths that we would like to bust here. Um, So, so what do you have? Well, tell us more about that, Lily. Why is community college, um, you know, not a step down from rigor?
1: Wow. Well, um, I had attended private schools all of my life, private schools. I had attended one private school, uh, the Waldorf School of Orange County for my entire life. Um, and received what I would call a highly personalized, very supportive, very small school environment um, that, while rigorous, had a real focus on um, each individual teacher and, and community member supporting me in my academic journey. That was still true at Carnegie Mellon. It was a very small program. We called, we called professors by their first names. They invited us over for dinner. It was like a very familial type of education um, where everything was very Socratic and the way that you were graded was based on the amount of effort that people perceived you to be putting into things. Um, In community college, almost none of that practice is true. um, In my opinion, that's not to say that teachers don't care about you at community college, because that's also, I want to say category categorically untrue. But, um, There is simply, community colleges don't have the capacity to give you the same level of personalized support or the same level of um, individual knowledge of who you are. Um, And so community college to me felt immediately much more independent than any education that I had received in the past. Um, I am my own advisor, basically. I have an advisor, but my advisor advises the entire rest of, like has a team of, I believe 10 other people and they advise the entire rest of people who are my age. That was said very ineloquently, but it's like at Carnegie Mellon, I had an advisor who had me and 10 other people. (laughs) Um, And so that capacity to focus on me is something that that, um, private universities or other um, larger, more well-endowed universities can can afford um right and and i do want to point out
0: i do want to point out that you're kind of bringing a like um right a contrast here between um a a california community college versus a um four-year private university that Mm -hmm. has about six or seven thousand students am i right uh,
1: yeah. Something like that.
0: So I just want to point that out. So we are not comparing um, community college to all four years. No, we're no, comparing no. them here to a mid-sized private 4 years exactly that and has a lot and of to my
1: personal experience like to my yes, personal experience yes. to what has happened to me right because so,
0: what you've said at community college that could also go for any state school um sure uh, any yeah. any bigger institution that yeah. that doesn't have the luxury of having such a small uh, faculty to student ratio yeah. for advising mm-hmm.
1: yeah absolutely. sorry to interrupt so mm-hmm. no no don't worry it that you're helping me cut to the chase here because i'm giving those too long of an intro um <laughs> So the real the real meat of this is in community college, you are in charge of yourself and you are in charge of making sure that you don't fall behind, that your everything is turned in on time, that you get a full understanding of the curriculum. Um, it is a much more grown up form of, of being in higher education, in my opinion, which goes against this kind of myth, which is like co- that community colleges for people who are less academically inclined or people who, you know, did badly in high school or for people who are, for some reason, <laughs> I wanna say less grown up than the people who are going to a four-year private university. So because I am the only one monitoring my progress at this university, um, it, it is, the level of independence is scary but it's also forcing me to be able to control, um, my academic journey on my own. Uh, so yeah, that was a kind of roundabout way of saying that, but I I
0: think you make such an interesting point because you're pointing out like, it can be scary because it's kind of all on you in the sense that if you don't seek help, you're not going to get help. Nobody's going to come and run after you knock on your door 10 times saying, but please let me help you. Right. Yeah. Um, but you're also saying that that's really empowering because Mm -hmm. you aren't coddled. So you really have the chance to learn how to like run your own life, how to do all those things um, Mm -hmm. and take responsibility for
1: um,
0: your future, which is also kind of exciting when people aren't constantly telling you what to do. Um, And, and I think you're absolutely right. That um, a four year is almost like a better choice for a student who feels very overwhelmed very quickly or very, mm-hmm. um, you know, like if you look at a course catalog and you're like, oh my God, I don't even know where to look. Right. Those are yeah. things that you can learn. But if you are someone who needs, who would prefer, you know, a little more um, support that comes to you rather than mm-hmm. you coming to it, right. Then, yeah. then yeah. the mid-sized private as a four-year might, might be even be the better option. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also want to point out that, Although you say you're kind of on your own, um, and I, I have the same experience, um, which to me was totally normal because, again, like I'm, I'm always comparing it to to what I know from Germany, right? And they're like, no one, like we don't even have like school counselors or anything in high school, <laughs> like that. Just those things don't exist. So I'm, I'm I wasn't very used to having any of that. So I didn't feel like there was anything lacking. I guess. Yeah. Um, but um, there's so much help if you look for it. So. Some students think, oh, if I go to community college, I'm truly all on my own, but I don't think that's true either. Um, I think as long as you know how to ask for help, you can really get help. And do you sometimes need to be a little persistent? Yeah, absolutely. But you also do at a four-year. So for example, um, if you're struggling in classes, they have wonderful writing centers, um, math centers, um, you know, all like language labs. Like I actually used to be um, one of the student workers in the um, language lab at SMC and in the math lab. I tutored there. That's actually kind of how I got my start in in the tutoring by the way which is why was quick, which was ultimately led us to be here today right <laughs> um and um yeah so that's there um if you struggle with a um, learning disability or any other type of disability or attention deficit anything like that there's a whole center for that where you can get help and um get accommodations and talk to a counselor um mm-hmm. they have counselors that help you plan out your coursework um that you can go to and they have drop-in appointments so you can go um, times um, if you want to per semester um, you just have to be a little bit patient like you said as far as availability mm-hmm. with appointments goes so I do feel like you have to be more tenacious in actually Going and pursuing these resources, but they are there. They also have sure. a career center, right? To match you up with internships and all kinds of stuff. And, and those are all things that um, I find a lot of my students don't even know about, even once they're at community college. So I love showing my community college students um, like look at what's out there. Like and this, and they're like, oh, wait, is this free? I'm like, yeah, yeah this is free. Mm-hmm. Like you can get tutored here first. And then if like that's not enough, you know, go get a private tutor. But yeah. um, yeah, so there there are a lot of resources that I think people think are only four-year college resources that mm-hmm. are actually really awesome at community college campuses yeah. as well. Yeah,
1: no, I totally agree, and I think the main thing that it's teaching me is how to advocate for myself, as you've said. It, it's just, it's teaching me how to get myself to those resources. Not that they don't exist, but that at other institutions, they might be more, gonna, This is going to sound patronizing, but maybe spoon-fed to me (laughs) like if there's math tutoring at another university it it might be you know it might be there before I need it um and you know just because I have to seek it out here doesn't mean that it doesn't exist it's it's um the math lab has been incredibly (laughs) helpful to me over the past semester so I um yeah I'm grateful for that support and also for you know for having to learn how to get it
0: you said your workload was higher oh my god so (laughs) <laughs> yeah, tell me about your classes. Like, tell me about how your classes and professors were.
1: Sure. Or, so or. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I um was in the unique position of taking a math class again, despite thinking that when I graduated high school, I was never going to have to take another math class in my life. Um, I had committed to a private university and been able to see the the entire curriculum through the time that I would graduate and. There was no math. <laughs> there was like some kind of soft science, but there was no math at all. I was like, "Oh my god, yes, thank God." Um, so when I transferred to SMC, I had to start fulfilling um, general education requirements. One of which is that you take an intro to statistics class. Um, people have argued with me that that is not math, um, but there that was are me. stop it. <laughs> <laughs> there are numbers. There's a calculator. There are formulas. There are all the concepts that I still struggle with in a in hard math, in, in, in what you're gonna call real math. Um, and so I, besides just having to um, adjust to being at a new school, I also was taking classes that were outside of my comfort zone. I was taking a, a statistics class, a physical geography class that had a lab attached, um, English and, Oh my gosh. One more. It was my other class. I took a yoga class, which I have only good things to say. It was about. the
0: toughest one, right? <laughs> oh my God.
1: I'm not flexible. So yes, <laughs> it was at 8am. So I had to drive like an hour twice a week at 8am. Anyways, not going to complain about that one. That was lovely. So the main difference that I realized was definitely in the the quantity of work I think at SMC, because you have fewer in-class hours, or at least I'm currently due to COVID things and having hybrid classes and online classes, having fewer in-class hours and more hours that I'm expected to kind of make up on my own time. Um, I believe the conversion that you're supposed to do is for every one unit in a class, you spend three hours working on class work outside of the lessons. Um, So for a three unit class, you're doing nine hours of work outside on your own during the week. Um, there was no such, uh, expectation or conversion at Carnegie Mellon. Um, it, what I was assigned humanities homework that to be honest, took very little of my time, um, regardless, um, you know, disregarding huge papers that I had to write or really long lectures that I had to attend seminars that I was expected to go to things that were kind of these one-off huge commitments that definitely furthered my academic journey on their own um there was no point where i was doing you know nine to 12 hours of work a week for a class so that was something that i had to adjust to
0: um for me it was a little
1: different um
0: like my um i would say my hours in class um at smc were the same as at chapman so Hmm. i could do classes either I could choose to do them once a week, which I really shied away from because um, that's usually ends up being like an evening class. Um, yeah. I only did that when I, but it really didn't fit in my schedule a different way. You can do them three times a week, one hour each or like twice a week, an hour 15 or an hour and a half each, depending mm-hmm. on the class. So, um, you know, I love to do like a Monday, Wednesday, and then Tuesday, Thursday, and I have my Fridays off. So that's kind of how, how mine worked. But sometimes I had to take a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, which um, wasn't my favorite because it's nice to not have class on Fridays. Um, but yeah, so, so my experience was a little bit different. And I wonder if that has to do with COVID or not. Um, yeah. as far as the in-class hours spent. So I just wanted to throw that in there. I didn't mean to yeah, cut yeah, you off. Yeah. So, no, 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 so. no,
1: that makes sense to me. Honestly, the, it, the adjustments that have been happening at SMC, uh, and I, I don't know for sure about other community colleges, other than I have family members who work at some community colleges in California, um, and I hear about their kind of COVID adjustments that they're making as well. But yeah, the, the compromises that they're making to try and keep students in classes, but also to expose them as little as possible to the dangers of COVID, yeah. it seems like that formula usually ends up resulting in mm-hmm. just, you know, one or two hours of class a week. And then everything else, you kind of, you go home and, and you know, buckle Got down it. and do that work on your own. Yeah. right. Right. And it is
0: different times we live
1: in right now, huh? It is, it's (sighs) strange, I know. But that's another thing is it's really, it's self-guided. It's, you have to, you have to get work done. (laughs) Otherwise you're going to be tremendously behind and you have to know when you run into a problem, the resources that are available to you to go to and the people who you can ask for help Um, because you won't have too many in-class hours to actually, you know, speak to your professor.
0: Let's talk about the myth. Um, you have them in front of you, I think. Um, the one about um, um, wow, I just said I'm like three times in a row where we're recording a podcast. Hello, listeners. <laughs> I'm a little tired. Recorded a different episode this morning, but I'm excited to be here anyway. Um, so, so we had. Um, I want to talk about the professors. I want to talk about the quality. Oh yes.
1: Professors. Oh yeah. Well, because I've heard that one. Tell us the myth? So many times. So the myth is that community college professors are somehow less qualified. Um, like they. I'd love kind to of debunk that. Fall into the bottom <laughs> of the barrel, which is community <gasps> college. Just like how. Yeah. So I-, I would love to debunk
0: that myth. I would. I yeah. definitely want to say that is a total myth. One hundred percent myth. So first of all, um, I can tell you. My professors at community college, and again, I was completely in person, it might be different for you, Lilia, you know, um, I'd love to hear how it was for you, because you have a lot of online mixed in too. But my professors, um, everyone was in person, there was no COVID. Um, They were amazing. I mean, they brought in, like, they really want the extra step. Like, in my developmental psychology class, um, the teacher brought in someone with their toddler so that we could, like, observe their kid and actually yeah, apply the theories that we were learning. So she didn't just do that once, she did that several times. Um, The guy who taught us geology, um, which was like my least favorite class, because I was like, why am I doing this? I don't want to know anything about rocks. (laughs) Um, But you know, he was still like, obviously passionate about teaching. And he would show us like all these different pictures of many places he had traveled to, where he took photos of all these like geological layers of rock and we were able to deconstruct that. So you made it like very real life as, as much as you can if you have to do slideshows in a classroom and can't take anyone anywhere, right? Um, and, and it's a GE that nobody wants to be in and everyone has to take. Right. That's that's a tough class to teach. Yet this guy, this teacher, uh, this professor, he still brought gusto and joy to the classroom. Did I love the class? No. But did he make it a lot more palatable? (laughs) Absolutely. Um, I had the most wonderful professor in abnormal psychology. I mean, he really inspired me. Um, He was something else, I would say. Um, he made a huge impact on my education. And I would talk to him after class all the time. And I just would walk through the building and accompany him while he was walking to his office. And then we'd like sit and chat a little bit longer. So these professors, why do they choose to teach at a community college? Mm -hmm. Let me tell you this: community colleges often pay quite well, often better than a four-year institution. At community college, um, for a full time professorship, I believe you can, you have to teach like six classes, four to six classes, which is a lot, but you don't have to do any research, right? At a four year institution, you often teach between two and four classes and also have to publish a certain amount of research um, per X time period, right? Sure. So you need to contribute to the university uh, to a four-year university in ways that have nothing or little to do with teaching yeah. so it draws a lot of faculty members in who are really excited about their research um, and who like love that part and are like okay fine i'll teach two or one or two classes um, as well because i guess that's mm-hmm. part of my job versus mm-hmm. at a community college you find professors who love teaching above all else. And that's why they're working at a community college because there they can devote their entire attention to pedagogy instead of dividing their attention with research. And so you get people teaching you who are there because they really wanna teach, not because it's a side thing that they need to do to be able to keep their grants for their research, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's just, that's something that people don't really know about, right? and that's a, that's a huge one that I really saw firsthand. I mean, my um, relationships to my professors at SMC were as personal and I spent as much time with them outside of class as I did with my professors at Chapman. And Chapman University, for those of you who don't know it, is very well known to have small class sizes, really, really warm professor, um, student relationships. I mean, I would go to one of my professor's uh, offices and just, um, hang out and eat the candy in her candy bowl, you know, like the, I didn't need to talk to her about anything. We're just hanging out. So like very like open environment, very warm. And I felt the same at SNC. um, mm-hmm. you know, granted it wasn't online classes, but I think online classes also changed that experience at, at a Chapman. But, um, yeah, so I just, um, really want to say that I, like, I think that's a really big point. I saw no difference in the quality of professors and the way they taught class. I learned so much in my one and a half years at SMC. Yeah. Um, And I didn't know that there was some sort of stigma. In this area around community college, I learned that after I graduated from college and became a college um, counselor, like what I do now, and I was like, "Wait, what, what? What? I don't understand where you're coming from because I didn't grow up in this culture, so I had never heard anyone say that, and I was dumbfounded because I had never seen any evidence to support that notion.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so yeah, yeah, if you're looking for people who really love to teach, um, you know, check out a community college. So <laughs> yeah. I can say classes are great. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and it's not unusual, as far as I understand, for um, professors who teach at community college to also teach at a local private oh, college, yeah. or state college. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, absolutely. They're, they're yeah, the same people for sure. Um, and also, I googled this earlier because I was curious about it. And SMC requires professors, even adjunct professors, have to have at the very least um, a master's degree and teaching experience in order to teach at the school. Um, Yeah. And a lot of professors have a lot of experience
0: in their field who teach at community college. And they're so Mm -hmm. excited about that and want to like disseminate Mm -hmm. that, that they then, that's why they go to community college to teach. Right. Mm -hmm. Because then you, I mean, for example, um, I was in a, in a class for, I was studying theater arts as well as psychology. So I was in a class for um, um, dialects, learning different dialects of English. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, um, you know, Kentucky Southern versus Texan Southern versus Cockney Mm -hmm. versus, um, uh, um, you know, Italian New Yorker, (laughs) Uh things like that. And you don't have a PhD in that, right? I mean, that's not not a PhD field. But um, my professor... Um, she had whatever degree she had, and she had so much experience, and she taught us incredible things. And mm-hmm. you know what she did outside of that? She worked on really high level, very expensive or, or well funded movie sets, mm-hmm. um, and made a shit ton of money per hour. <laughs> um, <laughs> just consulting, like being flown out to Japan to teach someone how to, you know, enunciate, you know, in a certain mm-hmm. dialect better. Yeah. And, and we get her for our, you know, measly um, couple bucks that we pay Mm -hmm. per semester um, and she's teaching us all this stuff. Like that's incredible. That was really amazing. So it was just cool to hear from her too, because, um, you know, she's doing this at the same time she's teaching. um, And so she's just bringing all of this experience and expertise of real life um, into the classroom at all times. And that was really cool.
1: Yeah, I felt that too, um, in particular from my geography teacher which, you know, I did kind of resent having to take geography. Was like, <laughs> I'm, an, I'm an English major. I I care in theory about how the world works, but also, oh God. Um, and it really, it was a class of her um, just reveling in how beautiful and insane and marvelous the different processes on this earth are. Um, you could feel that. And it was just like, we, we spent so many classes going through slideshows of like different Um, service trips that she's gone on and and the projects abroad that she's taken on. Um, Not in a braggy, we're going to spend the entire class talking about my accomplishments (laughs) kind of way. Um, But really just in a way that you could tell her primary goal in the class was to communicate this intense love for the subject. Um, I felt that at Carnegie Mellon from some drama professors, but also didn't feel it from some others. So Right. It, it's just goes to show that there's not like a, a fluctuation in quality between those two institutions. It's just that's how people are.
0: Yeah, you have good and bad classes everywhere, yeah. but there's definitely not more of them at, um, you know, not more bad classes at a community college. That's yeah. just not true. I would actually argue it might be the other way around because you have professors mm-hmm. who are profoundly invested in you.
1: Yeah, that brings me to something else that I was curious to hear your thoughts about. Um just because you've gone through your entire college experience so far, um, some concerns that I've heard from students in the past about choosing a community college include that they want a college experience. I'm doing air quotes around it. They want <laughs> they want to feel like they're in college, and they're worried that without things like a residence hall or a meal plan or uh, you know some of the other kind of I don't want to say superficial because they're very important for student life and and social feeling that yeah those social events um they're worried they're not going to have that and then regret not having that so I'm just curious to know what your experience of that was
0: um so I definitely did not have that like traditional four-year um experience but I also didn't have that traditional four-year experience at Chapman because that's just not who I am um campus culture wasn't that important to me I'm not into sports I'm not into Greek life honestly not that much into clubs either (laughs) I always worked, you know, I liked my independence. I never lived on campus at either institution, except the very first one. And I found it very limiting, actually, to live on campus. So I didn't really enjoy... Um, being in the top bunk in a small room with two, with like three of us, no boys and girls behind closed doors. After, before that, <laughs> I had lived in you know Buenos Aires on my own during my gap year. Um, I'd been allowed to legally drink alcohol for four mm-hmm. years um, because Germany ages 16 for for wine and beer. So. Mm-hmm for me it was all very much taking my freedom away to live in on campus um Mm -hmm. especially on a presbyterian campus um and so i think that you know i'm not someone who's well qualified to talk about the four-year college experience and what that should look like from my personal experience but Mm -hmm. but um i talk to my students about that all the time right because um it's really important um in this culture right um Like, what are the athletics? What are the clubs? What are the activities? What are people doing? Like, how can I really connect to everyone? And and you can get a wonderful experience um, in the dorms um, uh, if you you like like, social events, things like that. There's so much that is offered, um, especially as like a first year experience, things like that. Mm -hmm. But um, can you get those at community college? Absolutely. You just need to um, take a look at where you're going to go. So some community colleges actually have dorms, and if they don't, they tend to have apartment complexes really close in the area where all the students end up living. So you can kind of recreate the dorm experience, like here we're close to Orange Coast College, Right across the street from OCC, um, there's these apartments. And basically, it's like OCC dorms, even though yeah, it's not it part is. of OCC, right? <laughs> it is. <laughs> so, so check that out, right? And you're, if you're thinking about going to community college, don't just pick the one that's close to you, right? I mean, really look at what are the different ones. Do tours. Visit them. Talk to them. Is there any on-campus housing? Oh, if there isn't, then like, how do students house off campus? Like, is there a way to get like room with other students? Right. So again, it's it's all there. You just need to ask for it and seek it. Yeah. Um, I actually um, co-founded two clubs. I know I said I'm not a club person, but I still co-founded two clubs: <laughs> the, the European Club and the Math Lab Club um, at Santa Monica College. And I was um, a member of another club or two. Um, I met a lot of people. One of my mm-hmm. best best friends um, I met at Santa Monica College. She is. Still- Still one of my like very best friends um, and so you know you will get that social experience if you're into a certain sport find the community college that does well in that sport and you mm-hmm. can go to their events like mm-hmm. um, volleyball um, is huge at orange coast college um, they won like okay i'm really bad at sports i'm gonna butcher this because i didn't <laughs> look this up but, but one of the volleyball team members, he was my student a few years ago um, and they won the nationals or something, I believe. So like if you're into volleyball, you know, maybe you want to attend OCC as a student and go to their events. So check those things out, you know, just like if you're looking at a four-year university, make a list of which social criteria are most important to you. And then, talk to admissions people at these mm-hmm. colleges, go visit and ask them, Hey, I love football. Do you guys have games? Yeah. <laughs> Do people go like, <laughs> what is that about? And, and just start asking those questions and look at at least four community colleges. If, if your area has that many, I, I know in Southern California, you know, they they are everywhere. Um, yeah. we have a lot of them. So if you're in the LA, San Diego or orange County area, you have a lot to choose from. So take a look at that. Right. Um, and, and I recommend trying not to live at home. I know it costs more. So if you are going to live at home for cost reasons, I totally understand. But if you can somehow find a way to room with others so that it doesn't break the bank, go and move away from home, even if you're only moving away for like a 40 minute drive overall, your undergraduate experience is still going to be so much cheaper, but you're still going to get that experience of being more on your own, like figuring out how, you know, whatever, I'm going to be really cliche and say how to do your laundry and shop for groceries, right? But <laughs> those are things you learn though, I, you know, if you didn't learn them yeah. already yeah. Um, and, and, you know, make it your own because you can make it that social experience that you're seeking. However, Is it going to be really big, rah, rah, rah school spirit, everyone wearing the colors and going to every single event? No, no. If that's really what you want and if that's what you want value most in a college, then community college is probably not the right fit for you. Um, But I, I, Lily, you you just like, we're like, me, me, me. You raised your hand, right? You just can't (laughs) see that. Um, So tell me, how has it been for you to move about 45 minutes away?
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm driving home tonight uh, to have family dinner, and, and that's kind of my experience, is that I'm gone for a week or two, and I'm in um, Manhattan Beach. I live about, well, it takes me about 40 minutes to drive to Santa Monica, where SMC is, um, but it takes me, you know, 45 to 50 minutes to drive home to Orange County, um, and yeah, I, I, it is a much better balance for me um, than being across the country from my family. That was not a good feeling for me. Uh, and I know that that may have worn off if I stayed in, in Pittsburgh where Carnegie Mellon is for longer. But with the COVID uncertainty and the level of restrictions and not being able to be in person in classes, I wound up deciding to be 45 minutes away instead of you know, and, six hours and on mean, a plane. And in the beginning, you were going to live at home.
0: And just commute there, whatever, twice a week, right? Why did you change your mind and and like what made you actually move out um, and live halfway between everything rather than just staying at home?
1: Wouldn't it be funny if I was like, I hate my family. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're going to listen no. to this, so you need to watch. Out. I know. <laughs> no.
1: I love I love you guys very much. Um, well, I uh, spent the first. Okay, hold on. I need to do this math. I spent fall of 2020, living at home and attending Carnegie Mellon completely online um, with a three hour time difference. So I had classes at 5 a.m. on four days, four days of the week. Um, And then I spent part of the spring semester doing that as well. And I only moved to Pittsburgh for about a month and a half um, in the middle there before I decided I actually should transfer. This isn't the right place for me. Um, so I spent all of COVID, um, on in extremely close proximity to my family, um, at all times. I love them very, very much. Um, but I also am determined to feel as independent in the things that I do as I feel internally. (laughs) Again, not super eloquent, but I feel like an adult and I want to act in the world as an adult. Um, That's not to say you can't live at home and be an adult, but I, um, when I have the opportunity, it's harder. (laughs) It's It's harder. harder. (laughs) You know, buying my own groceries is a pain, but it means that I make the decisions about what I want to eat, you know, doing. I revert just, back
0: to like teenage me sometimes when I spend too much time with my parents and I love yeah. my parents. Right. And I'm yeah. 34. And when I go back, we have a great time and we're definitely equal. Oh, yeah. But if it's more than a week in close quarters, I find myself being, you know, a bit too little teenager sometimes. I'm sure. like, what is happening to me? This is not who I am. And it's no, no one's no, no, fault. No. It's just a little too much sometimes.
1: <laughs> no, absolutely. I totally agree with that. And I think it, it's like I have so much agency being alone i I get to make so many decisions about what i do and where i am and and all of the things that kind of happen to me when i'm alone um and so there's something relaxing and rejuvenating about being able to go home and spend time with people that i love and have family meals together and relax in that way but the feeling of independence is when it's, you know, safe and you have a place that is your own, that you feel like I'm I'm independent and in this place, it's intoxicating. <laughs> I, I wanna be independent so much of the time. and And that feeling of enjoying like, oh, I kinda wanna like go eat a banana on the beach for breakfast, <laughs> like, <laughs> and I can do that. Like I live here and I'm on my own. Nobody's gonna ask me where I'm going there's not going to be any like, when you get back, you need to do dishes, Lily. Like Mm -hmm. I know I need to do dishes, but like, that's my own problem. I I don't need to be harangued about it. Um, And and it's just so it's incredibly freeing and I can't recommend it enough. I'm a very anxious, stressed person by nature. So it's like, there are a million things for me to worry about when I live alone, but it's still worth it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: and I love how you said it's rejuvenating to go home and really enjoy quality time with your family Um, I mean I took that to like the extreme by moving you know uh, thousands of miles away across (laughs) an ocean and a continent but it's true I mean when I go back I have such a great time I really enjoy the time I spend with my mom and with my dad Um, and even while I'm gone you know we we FaceTime we do video chats and Mm -hmm. we really take the time you know and I'll like make a Mm -hmm. coffee or make a meal and I'll Basically, like sit for a couple hours with my mom and just chat, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh my God. That reminds me. I'm actually, I really need to call my family, (laughs) especially (laughs) my grandparents. Um, these last two weeks have just flown by, but, um, yeah, it, it just, when you make that switch, you can enjoy your family time so much more because you don't have all those little things that kind of break up the enjoyment. And because you also have that balance of, you know, being able to completely decide, are you going to veg out the whole day on the couch? or Are you going to do, are you going to ride your bike to like, I don't know the grocery (laughs) store? Like you can do whatever, whatever you want to do. I love eating a banana on the beach. That's great. And you don't have to explain to anyone why you feel like doing it Mm -hmm. or why you're doing it now and not later, or what else Mm -hmm. you're going to do. You you can just like on a whim go and do it. Um, and that's well and this isn't
1: freeing. this isn't like a revelation. It's absence makes the heart grow fonder. We've all we all know this. But it's True. like it's but, hard to feel it until you actually go yeah. and do it.
0: I do think it's a little bit of a revelation because I think a lot of people <laughs> are scared that they will grow apart because sure. out of eye out of sight yeah. So okay. you know we're just gonna, gonna come have a fight about English there. idioms.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, come at me with these with
0: these. Oh, oh you're things. gonna win. You always name the episodes with idioms. So I I that's that's all I add. But I but do I do think that them. you know it can be scary for for parents um to let go too. Um so yeah. a lot of parents I've noticed are like if you go to community college, then you have to live at home, mm-hmm. which I think that's ah, that always pains me a little because yeah. Wouldn't it be great if you could go to community college and not live at home, but you're still in the proximity of your home and safety and Mm -hmm. family. It's Mm -hmm. a great in between move before you go like all the way away, because you still have that safety. You're also able to start um, shifting the relationship you as a parent with your kid to more of a, hey, we're both adults and I get to experience Mm -hmm. my child as an adult now, not as a child. And yeah. I think that's a huge shift that takes a long time for parents to go through. Some go through it quicker, some slower. Mm-hmm. Um I think m- for my parents that was towards the end of my 20s, like truly. Mm-hmm. Um and at least for me the way I experienced it and man it's been great. Um you know, for some it never happens, but there's so much you can it's so scary to let go of your kid like that, but it's also so enriching and you know why why are i always wonder why are some parents so open to completely letting go if their kid goes to a four year with a big name across the country but not yeah. if they go to the local community college and th- that yeah. doesn't make sense to me mm-hmm. because going this this all or nothing thing it often leads to kids or i say kids you know students teens young adults falling on their face
1: mm-hmm.
0: because it's a lot all, all at once all of yeah. a sudden. Mm-hmm. and they've never been outside of that sheltered environment. Mm-hmm. So that can be a lot. So I really encourage any parent listening and any any student listening, you know if you're a student, talk to your parents about this um, and and really see what feels right to you and your family. Everyone is different, but I really encourage you to explore the idea of um, you know attending community college and not living at home.
1: Yeah it's a yeah.
0: great combination.
1: Yeah. And, you know, for me, at least the expense of community college is significantly lower than what I was paying at Carnegie Mellon. And so that cost kind of balances out. I can spend a little bit more money on food and gas and and a living space, as opposed to what I would have been doing at Carnegie Mellon, which is putting so much money and all of that money into the academia and then having a dorm and a meal plan and things like that. So, you know, it's, it transfers. and this is
0: not one of the myths, but I just want to throw it in. Cause I feel like it fits right here. Um, community colleges, you know, you, it's very affordable for some people, even that is not affordable though. Mm-hmm. So I just want everyone listening to know there are scholarships. You can get scholarships. So you many. can get grants. So yes. So many. So, <laughs> so need based, you can get a lot, um, like from the state, um, you can get federally too, Pell grants, et cetera. So make sure to fill out the FAFSA, but mm-hmm at the community college, you can apply for scholarships. I am an interna- I was an international student, right? Um, I was not a, a domestic student. And so most scholarships were completely closed off to me. But even for me, um, I was able to apply for a scholarship for $1,500 um, for the international student scholarship at Santa Monica College. And all I had to do was write a little essay explaining why I should get it. Um, and I got it and it helped tremendously. I mean, that was three months rent for me right there because mm-hmm. I managed to find a cheap place for 500 bucks a month. Um, You know, again, we're talking LA here, so that was very cheap. Now, now that was probably hold on. You
1: found a place for five hundred. Yeah, I think.
0: Yeah, Now now it would be Uh, uh, a tent, probably a thousand Venice Boulevard. Well, it 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 was a boat. It was a boat, so (laughs) Um, it was you know close to a tent. Just All instead right. of on grass, it's on the water. Um, All right. But it was great. It was great. Yeah. Uh, I loved it. <laughs> it was it was the only way for me to actually have my own space <laughs> for nice. that low of money. But um, yeah, so so you can apply for scholarships at the community college in addition to filling out the FAFSA. So I just want everyone to know that a lot of community colleges um, make it possible for students to attend with zero tuition. So check their financial aid website. If you can't find it, go there, talk to someone as long as campus is open, Um, really get in touch with them, bug them. If you get the right person, like they love helping students. That's why they work there. Um, So make sure again, to have that agency and stand up for yourself and just ask for Mm -hmm. money, for help, for whatever you need, um, because it is there. And a lot of people don't realize they could probably go there for free, which is incredible. So. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, totally agree. I get notified about probably, I mean, at the bare minimum, like four scholarships, five scholarships a week um, wow. that are all different and have have different deadlines, different kind of uh, target demographics. So those are all very available. And I will say, I was just saying that resources aren't kind of offered to you. That's one of the resources that comes into your inbox when you're when you're a community college student frequently. Um, Yeah, so I wanted to shift a little bit because we talked about this, um, or we have talked about this in the past and it came up again when I was researching some of the community college myths for this episode. Um, But there's this misconception that community college either kind of looks bad on a resume or that it hinders you in your future, that it's not actually a benefit to your future career or your future in academia. So I, I wanted to get away from that partially, you know, selfishly, I'd like to think that isn't true because of my future, um, but also because it just genuinely is untrue. And I was wondering if you could speak a little bit more about that.
0: Yeah, so I'd definitely love to debunk that myth as well. Um, that is definitely a myth, not a truth. And um, going to community college will definitely not create any type of hurdle or speed bump for your future. Um, the only way
1: it does that is if you don't take it seriously, if you,
0: well, this are, same as any
1: other kind of school. Right.
0: Right. But I think it's so easy to say, oh, I'm going to community college. I'm just going to take like three classes at a time. Okay. And I'm also going to work like 40 hours a week. So, so work becomes like your main thing. And, and then, you know, you're like, oh man, I've been going for like three years and I haven't really like, oh wait, it wasn't, I going to transfer, but I haven't really looked at that. So I'm just saying, make sure like, if you do go to community college, treat it like a four year, that is your main job. Uh, yeah, you can work, of course, um, but your work should be second to your education. Yeah. I w- I always worked. There was no other way to pay the bills. Um, but, you know, I worked about 20 hours a week and still went to school full time um, for 18 or 20 units at a time, which is a pretty heavy load. Um, so extremely and, heavy. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Um, <laughs> so, you know, so find your balance, but definitely make it your priority. Now, does it look bad on your resume? Absolutely not. If you go to community college and then you transfer to a four-year, first of all, your degree is going to be from your four-year university. It looks no different if you graduate from whatever, UCLA after transferring in, than if you graduate from UCLA after going there as a freshman. Yeah. It looks exactly the same. No one will know. So you don't have to tell (laughs) anyone if you don't want to, but I would recommend that actually that you tell people, I would recommend Mm -hmm. that you put on your resume, that your education was first at the community college, then at wherever you ended up going. Mm -hmm. And why am I saying that? Employers need people in their workplace who understand how to advocate for themselves. We just talked about how that's something you learn, right? Who are independent and can plan out the things they need, who are self-motivated, who have worked hard to get to where they are, right? All of these skills are soft skills that translate into having an excellent employee. So no employer wants someone who looks like they've been spoon-fed success their whole life Yeah. Because they will probably not do well. They will probably be a bit entitled. um, And therefore, Not the best fit if you really need someone to think forward, to work hard, to be humble while also standing up for themselves and having that confidence, right? That's a really specific skill set. So I would actually argue that it can be a real strength to have a community college experience on your resume, just Mm -hmm. like a gap year experience is also a huge strength. They kind of have the same things in common in that sense that. You attain a lot of soft skills that you might attain a little bit later if you go to a more spoon-fed version of a four-year college. Um, yeah. and, and and employers really appreciate that. I mean, um, I love it when I get a tutor who went to community college first. I'm like, oh, tell me about your experience. Um, and everyone has a unique story of, um, you know, wh- how they got there, why they went there, what they did. And it's so interesting to get to know them and their story through that. So, um, Also, you were talking about, um, you know, your future, right? At a Um, Mm four-year. Community college will allow you to transfer to a four-year that maybe you wouldn't have gotten into if you had applied straight out of high school. Now, that's not because I'm saying you weren't good at high school. This applies to (laughs) anyone, yeah? This applies to someone who graduated with a 2.5 GPA and it applies to people who graduated with a 4.5 GPA. Mm -hmm. Even if you were extremely successful in high school, you're probably then aiming for some of the colleges that have lower acceptance rates, right? So colleges that have like a 10% acceptance rate, maybe lower, maybe 15%, even 15% means out of a hundred applicants, 85 are going home. They are not getting in. Now that same university may have like a 52% acceptance rate for transfer students. Yep. Yeah. So If you look at the acceptance rates for the freshman class versus for the transfer students, you will see the acceptance rate is much, much higher across the board at all universities for incoming transfer students. So I always say community college is also your second chance at your first choice. Mm -hmm. If you know, hey, this four year, that is where I want to go. I love that place. I've visited. I know it's the right fit, but I didn't get in. Mm -hmm. it's not you. You're not the reason you didn't get in. Okay. It's simply that they don't have enough seats to actually admit all the students they would love to have. Okay. So go to community college, work hard, get good grades, get some stuff on your resume, some life experience, reapply. And you will see that suddenly you can get into some of those top choice colleges that weren't attainable for you before through no fault of your own, simply because the competition is fierce out of high school.
1: Yeah. I mean, that was my experience as well. I'm, there are some colleges that are on my list to apply to in this coming fall, um, that rejected me the first round that I of of applications that I did. So yeah, I'm, that's the kind of, uh, knowledge that I'm basing my experience off of as well. So very valuable. Thank you. Um, before we head home for the night, (laughs) um, do you have any, I'm going to close with the same thing that I always ask which is, do you have any final advice for people who are considering going to community college?
0: So if you have a a curiosity or a specific major or passion in mind, you know, we were talking about the social fit before, but if you have, you know, something like that in mind, again, go and check out the community colleges. So don't just go and sign up at the nearest one. Um, Mm -hmm. Definitely tour several ones. Um, Look up everything. I mean, you mentioned, Lily, that when you went to Carnegie Mellon, you knew kind of your four years and what they looked like, what the curriculum looked like and you could see, ah, no math, right? So mm-hmm. so you can look up the curriculum for any major at any college or university, including for uh, two-year colleges. So go in their course catalog and take a look at what classes do they have in the field that really interests you? Um, I have a student who's really interested in um, criminology, criminal justice, and she um, ended up going to a community college that is um, that is here because she really liked um, the campus and like the buildings and how modern they are, which mm-hmm. is great. And it has been a great fit, but it doesn't have any criminology classes. Sure but a different one that partners with it does. So now this coming semester, she's going to take uh, two classes at that other um, community college, which is not that far away, about 10 minutes away. And then the other class is still at the current one. She made the choice um, to go to one that doesn't have criminology, while my other student made the choice to go to one that does, right? So, So make sure That you do things like a Corsava deck. Yeah, I talk about that all the time. So, C O R. So great. C O R S A V A um, dot com or dot org. If you just type in Corsava into your Google, um, you will find it. Do a deck, figure out what you like, figure out your must have criteria, your should have criteria, et cetera, and then start researching community colleges. Um, So, again, treat it the same as you would when you're searching for and applying to four-year universities. Same thing. Um, this is no different. I don't really understand why, why students treat it differently or why it should be treated differently. I say this is your college experience. You know, We don't need to differentiate two-year and four-year. This is your college experience. Make what you want to make of it. Choose the one that speaks to you, that allows you to pursue your passions, your curiosity, and it allows you to flourish outside of the classroom as well, where you can find like-minded people and live in an area that's exciting to live in for you, whatever that means. I have, I have another question. Yeah, hit me. So what is your biggest piece of advice to a high school student?
1: In general, unrelated to community college. (laughs) You can take it however you like. (laughs) Oh man. Um, I would say my biggest piece of advice, I am going to relate it to community college for the sake of the episode theme. Um, my biggest piece of advice is to think of college as a period of exciting and experimental growth for you as a person, for you academically, emotionally, mentally, whatever, um, if you think of it as this kind of holy grail thing that you're trying to achieve, if you're looking for prestige only and kind of thinking my college process is leading me to my college and that will be the reward, um, I, I can only say that you're going to feel burnt out and let down um, when you find that the college process offers so much growth that you didn't want in the first place that you didn't go looking for um all of the people who I know who are happier and more fulfilled and actually I want to say learning (laughs) in college right now are the people who found a good fit university by uh just getting through this process without um thinking of it as like the be all and end all of of who they are (laughs) Um, they're in college because they want to grow and learn and change and and discover new things and meet new people and go places and um, treat it as a a stepping stone to the next thing that they want to do. So um, that was a mindset change that I had to enact, you know, slightly into my college experience. Um, And I'm very glad that I did. Otherwise, I do not think I would be very happy right now in in college. So high school students get on top of that. Well, I, I'm thinking back. You just made me remember when
0: you called me and you were like, hey, can we have a college counseling session? This isn't about like, you know, working for Strive or the podcast or anything. Can I talk to you as a student? Oh my <laughs> um, God. Right? And that, yeah. was, um, that was less than a year ago, right? Uh, um,
1: barely less than a year ago. That was like yeah. March of 2021. And I was in my apartment in Pittsburgh at Carnegie Mellon. Yeah. And I was like, Something feels wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like something's off. I think I should call Josephine. I called yeah. you and then I called my mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, I won. Yay. Yes, um, <laughs> um, I, I think what I remember most poignantly is that you were really fearful of taking like a step backwards by yeah. leaving CMU and going to a community college. Mm -hmm. So how has that turned out for you?
1: Well, my fear was, and one of the reasons that now looking back, I I can realize that I chose CMU in the first place was that I got in and I was like, oh my God, I got into Carnegie Mellon. The acceptance rate was 3.2%. I would be such an idiot if I didn't go here. Like I just felt that way because of the prestige and the the pressure to kind of perform in that way. Um, And so once that wore off, and I was like, oh, this isn't the reward. This is like something that I should be um, engaging with as, as a growth experience. And it's not just like the end of my college experience. Um, I, I started to find that I was in the wrong place for me. I was not feeling fulfilled. Um, and I was very far away from all of the support systems that I have had in the past that I, or at that point had had, now I have them again. <laughs> um, in a new place. Um, and so I had to really detach myself. And for me, it, it, very painfully, I had to detach myself image from my academics and that hurt and st- honestly still hurts. Um, a huge part of who I am is how well I perform academically, um, and what I've had to realize is that I can still excel and push myself and learn things and be <laughs> excellent at any institution. Um, the fact that you would that I would be at, at a big name school or a air quotes prestigious university doesn't make me a better person or a happier person or a better student even. Um, so yeah, that was, it was a very complex realization, um, but also very simple. I thought that I would be a better person and a better student by going to a prestigious university. And I was not so.
0: Well, and I, I remember you were so afraid of that. And then you were just kind of like pushing through that. And you're like, this is what I'm going to do. But it was still really gnawing at you for months. Like the fear of like, I'm going to community college, even though I could be going to this prestigious four year that I got into. And then I remember after like a couple of weeks in class at SMC, I think we had a conversation and you were like,
1: I get it now. I was like, I'm fine. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, and also, you know, Compacting on top of that was also the fact that because Carnegie Mellon has such a unique um, class setup and credit system that I would be credits wise essentially starting over, um, right. and I, it would put me a year behind all of my peers and all the people who I've gone to school with forever. Um, and I will, you know, if I continue on this path, I'll be graduating in 2025, not 2024, as initially expected. So I had to wrangle with that too. Cause I was like, oh my God, I'm a five-year college person. Does that make me like awful? Like I've never, I never thought I would be a five-year college person. Like, so and in my, in my mind, in my heart, I was like, I gross. don't have the exact <laughs>
0: statistic, but I think, I think the statistic is in the 50 something percent Yeah, graduate, take more than four years to graduate. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. want to say that again. Over fifty percent of students take more than four years to graduate, and I do have to fact check myself on that. But I believe that <laughs> around there is the number, so we'll we'll check that. But it um, to believe it. Yeah, I mean it's 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 really really high. Like the average yeah. number of years it takes to graduate is not four. Mm-hmm. It is six. Yes. So um, you know, just let that sink in a little bit, and mm-hmm. and you know, again, life experience. I mean. We have some other podcast episodes um, in this season and we've been recording like crazy and I'm really excited. So um, one of the themes that came up in two of the other episodes that I just recorded, the one about gap years, go check it out. It might still be coming up. I'm I'm not quite sure which order we're releasing in, and the one um, about law enforcement. Actually, we talk about life experience and how that is really what shapes you into who you're going to become Mm -hmm. and that if you focus on following the things that make you curious and following the things that feel right for you, even if you don't know where they will lead you, Mm -hmm. you will end up in the right place. You will end up where you want to be, even though right now you may not yet know where that is. So my biggest advice is always, always follow your curiosity go where your heart wants to go, even if nothing is really telling you why that's a good idea. And maybe there are good rational reasons why that's a not good idea. Like in your case, I'm going to take a year longer. Maybe it's not, a, but, but if your heart is drawn to it, go for it. It will get you to where you need to be. I left a full ride. I mean, I was I, full ride, room and board, tuition, everything. I left that and I could have graduated there in two and a half years. Instead, I went to community college and I took a huge, huge risk because I had to still transfer. I had -hmm. to get into a four year and I had to, again, get almost a full ride. Otherwise I could not stay in this country. Like Mm -hmm. my family is not made of money. I was, you know, they were able to help me with a couple thousand um, per year. um, And the rest was up to me. That was our deal. That's, I mean, Mm -hmm. I come from a country where I could have gotten, you know, an MD or gone to law school for free. Um, So. I knew that if I couldn't pull that off, I would have to leave this country and I would have to start over in Germany because my credits from the first two years would not transfer. So of yeah. course, you know, there were there were not a lot of fans of my my <laughs> decision, <laughs> but I just did it. I was like, I'm going to do it. And I did it. And there is yeah. not really that much talking to me, I think, once I've made a choice like that. And I <laughs> tend yeah. to make big choices like that on whims, but- um, I do it because it felt feels right in my gut and mm-hmm. I would never be here like recording this podcast right now. And I wouldn't have my business if I hadn't made that choice mm-hmm. because it's what brought me out to California and et cetera, et cetera, right. Dominoes yeah. fall. So you have, you really, you can steer your life in the direction that will work out best for you mm-hmm. by following your curiosities, by following what feels good and right in your gut.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, even if you can't quite explain where to lead you. So yeah. Go for it.
1: I love when these episodes turn into like little therapy sessions for us. <laughs> it's so great. anytime. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll send you the
0: bill. It. I'll send you the bill. Oh my God. <laughs> I should send you the bill for all the therapy you've done for me, technically. Oh, <laughs> that's so
1: nice. I, I'm just know, really
0: crazy. passionate about that. You know, I I just think that. So many students break their brains and their hearts over thinking that they should have everything figured out. And the big secret is nobody has it all figured out. You know, some adults look like they have it figured out. I'm like, I'm 34. When am I going to start feeling like an adult? Like, I mean, I mean, I know technically (laughs) I am one, but you know, when you stop growing, that's the day that life gets sad. So you're always going to continue growing and things will happen and your life will morph in ways you can't even comprehend yet. And As long as you follow your heart and are true to yourself and, you know, go through things that might be hard, but lead to your growth and, and follow your heart with that and, and not take the easy way out that everyone is telling you might be better, you know, like staying at CMU or staying, you know, in, in Missouri for me, Um, Go for it because you're crafting your own future with that and whatever yeah. you do now is going to lead you to things later even if you can't anticipate them. So you know really like just shed shed that anxiety
1: of having to have your whole life figured out. Yeah, I love that. There's nothing that I can say right now that will improve that.
0: <laughs> I think so we're, we're good. I think we it. covered it all. I think we
1: covered it too. Thank you so much for talking to me about community college we're the, we're the mythbusters. I love that. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. That's the best. Awesome. Thank you. Lily. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for your time. Um, I'm super excited for everyone to hear this episode. Yay. <laughs> Bye. All right. Bye. Enjoy. Thanks for listening. As we continue to produce episodes of this podcast, you can follow along on our website, www.strivetolearn.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Stay tuned for future episodes and don't forget to subscribe. We'd appreciate any support you can give, including likes, downloads, shares, and good reviews. Got something you want to learn about? Ask us questions in the comments or DM us on Instagram at strive to learn tutoring. Get the latest updates on the college admissions world and be the first to receive exclusive offers when you subscribe to our newsletter by visiting our website, www.strivetolearn.com. Thanks for sticking around, and I'll see you next time.